Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where Gabe and I usually talk about pop culture and the things that he missed and the years that he was homeschooled and sheltered from the outside world. Uh, today it's a little bit different. This episode came about from me talking about the 13th Warrior, the movie, watching it, and then being re- like uh, reminded. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe I need a drink. Uh, being reminded that it was based on a book by Michael Crichton. Which I don't even think I, I knew, or if I'd heard it in passing, it was in one ear out the other. So I ordered the book, got it, and I'm reading it. And now Michael Crichton right, is the writer. Very quickly, Michael Crichton's work has been adapted into films quite a bit, right? Quite a bit. Dude is pretty prolific. We'll go through his list in a bit. But as I was reading the book and having read a little bit of the background on it, I got the impression that the book was a lost um, document that was found, a lost manuscript, uh, lost, you know, from like 1500 or 500 BC or whatnot. As I was reading it, there's footnotes in there. You know, of how things are, are, are correctly pronounced in whatever language or how the translation based on the different people who have translated that um, scroll that, that this uh, main character, Yvonne, uh, had done. And, and throughout the whole book, I'm like, so wait, did Michael Crichton write this book or did he just collect the manuscript and the best versions and just put it together? So I, I'm enjoying, I'm thoroughly enjoying the book, right? I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I finished the book, and the end of this book, there is a there is a page by Michael Crichton explaining the book. And if I did not have respect for Michael Crichton before, as much respect, I should say, because, I mean, this is the same dude who wrote Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park, The Lost World. I gained a new perspective and a new understanding and, and can, can now f- just wholeheartedly say that Michael Crichton's a genius. He wrote the entire thing as a lost manuscript um, based on a real story but the first three chapters I believe are based on the real story the rest of it he wrote using the same voice as the character so you know 75% of the book is all made up but he makes it look like it's like it's the real thing including those sub notes including those those references including all those little things that the you know and it blew me away. And I was like, why would somebody do this? Why would somebody write a book and make it seem like for no particular reason? And apparently it was based on a dare. Somebody dared him like, you know, can you know to do something like that. And I was in love. Uh, I, I think it's one of the most brilliant ideas. Uh, you know, almost like, um, like that scene in Man on the Moon where um, uh, Andy Kaufman makes the TV have static so that it forces the person to get up and hit the side of the TV. That joke was for him, you know? Uh, And it was hard for people to understand that that was supposed to be funny. In this case, I'm like, Michael Crichton wrote this book as a joke, as a dare, but it's brilliant in the sense because he he copied and carried this person's voice and, and 
and the the you know the language and the dialect it was insane insane the translation the uh, reference notes i mean he created all of that in the book anyway so that's how this episode came about uh talking about movies that have been adapted adapted from books now the the first thing i want to say is we're going to talk about some of the best ones we're going to talk about some of our favorites um we are not going to talk about i feel like as much about certain characters that were adapted right by this i mean mm. like uh, Anne rice right responsible for the, va uh, the vampire uh, 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 chronicles, right? The Lestat and the interview with the vampire. I feel like certain characters have been able to carry quite a few movies, but not necessarily the author themselves had a lot of their work published, you know, uh, and turned into books. A I'm sorry, and turned into movies, right? So like 007, right? Ian Fleming wrote like 15 007 books and they all got turned into movies, but that's the only work that ever got turned into... Oh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang too, never mind. Uh, you know, Robert Ludlum and the Jason uh, Bourne, you know, that's what he's known for. Those are the five movies that got turned into from his books. Um, Thomas Harris with Hannibal Lecter and The Silence of the Lambs, you know, four movies that got turned in a TV show. So we're not going to talk about those as much, I feel like. Uh, Gabe, what are your thoughts on this uh, in today's episode? Yeah, it's really interesting because I think I'm going to learn a lot, honestly. Because I think there's going to be a bunch that I didn't know. I mean, honestly, just in the initial article you sent, there's there's a number that I, I wouldn't have known. It makes sense that a lot of them are books, first of all, especially the farther back you go. And I, and I will say that both of us are working on different lists. So we, we both are, have different uh, references. So let's talk about uh, the ones off our top of, the top of our heads that we enjoy, we like, we love, that have been turned into movies, right? For me, like, I, you know, 13th Warrior... Starship Troopers, Full Metal Jacket. We all know my love for Brokeback Mountain. My goodness. That little novella. Shawshank Redemption, right? But we'll talk about Stephen King in a bit. You know, and, and Gabe, for yourself, just quick ones off the top of your head. I mean, the biggest impact for me and the easiest, like, instantaneous one was, was Lord of the Rings. So that one is the one that immediately jumped into my head. Starship Troopers, a quick second there. Um, and having been exposed to both, that's pretty easy for me. Um, I did read the book for that. Um, so very quickly, let's talk about some, let's talk about some books, some movies, let me say, let's talk about some movies that you didn't know were based on books. Okay. Now I remember from the Forrest Gump episode that that was based on a book that surprised me when I learned about that, when we did that year, yep. this one, I forgot that this was a thing because it, it's so rare. Uh, Die Hard, based on a book. Nothing. I wonder if there's as many yippee Kaye motherfuckers yeah. in the book. <laughs> That's a good question. Shit. Or if, or if that was like a just a, you know, on set. You know, we need more. <laughs> That's very good. Um, here's a good one for you, Gabe. It's a Wonderful Life, based on a book. Oh, okay. Now, see, that's one of those ones where like. Makes sense. I didn't know that off the top of my head, but like, of course, it makes sense because I feel like a lot of older movies would have been. Jaws based on a book i feel like i had heard that i didn't know that what i did learn though is that the author um hated the fear that the movie put onto yeah. sharks and I that he became why. he became a conservative yeah yeah conservationist yeah no that's i think the only reason i'd heard the reference because it's one of those things like i've been fascinated with sharks my whole life it's one of the reasons i like to stay out of the ocean 
I've watched a lot of Shark Week stuff, and then I, I, it was somewhere in all of that, I remember seeing that like the fear caused by it was like a real. It made him like it saddened him. Like that's not what they wanted from the story. Mrs. Doubtfire. Did you ever watch that movie? Yeah, it's been a long time, and I did not know that was a book. That was based on a book, Madame Doubtfire. Wow. Um, Sounds a lot more officious. It does, right? Uh, did you ever watch the movie Slumdog Millionaire? I, I, I don't think I did. Very good movie. Very good movie. I thought that because it was so up to date, because it was basically Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh, the movie, that it was based on the the popularity of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Mm. Turns out it was a book, uh, The Prince's Bride is a book that in the movie is being read. <laughs> right. Little meta there. Uh, I think I think we all know this. on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know this one, right? Blade Runner, based yeah. on a, a book. That's a book I haven't read, though. Neither have I. Neither have I. Hmm. Uh, Jumanji, based on a book. The yeah. original, right? Obviously, because the yeah. new one is, is a Not video game. <laughs> Would that be something if that one was also... Uh, the next one, Shrek. That surprised me because I thought that was like, that seems like made for, you know, for, for animated, like it, it just kind of like, uh, you know, like up or like toy story. I'm like, Oh, that, right. that, that, that's an original. No, turns out it was based is on it, a picture book. Is the book called Monsieur Shrek? Monsieur Shrek? <laughs> that's funny. Have you ever seen the movie who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. That's also been a real long time. Based on a book. That I, wow. Based on a book old enough where they were using comic strips in the book and not animated okay. characters. That helps. Cause I was going to be like, how in the world did you convey? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I get it now. Um, so uh, this one, I think we all know, right? Uh, Fight Club based on yeah. a book. Yep. That one I had heard. And then, you know, I've so, read it though. And then something recent, um, uh, Ready Player One, based on a on a really really good book. That one I've done the audiobook version of. Okay, all right. Uh, so yeah, that, that these are some uh, just uh, quick ones that I found that I thought were very very interesting. Why don't we go over some of the stuff that you got? So there's, I think there's a little bit of overlap there. Yeah, that's that's have, what I've imagined. We have To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay, I think we all know that one. Right. Or at least I think so. Growing up, like in elementary school, they made us all read that book. So yeah, I don't remember if I had to read it, but I I did I did know that was a book. The Godfather, that one I knew. That one I knew. First two films adopted from the novel, uh, Little Women. Yep, I think I knew that one. Yep. Never been a fan of Little Women. They've done it like four times now. Yeah, I I lost track a long time ago. I think I probably saw the original one. That sounds about right. Because I know I've seen one, but I don't think I've seen any of newer adaptations. Yeah. The Color Purple. That I knew also. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen that. I, I saw that in in, uh, in junior high. All right. The Wizard of Oz. So here's the thing. I didn't know that, but it makes sense. Exactly. I didn't. I didn't either. And honestly, I mean, I wonder if it was more or less trippy as a as a book. Also, I feel like because of the times, maybe more graphic and violent. Ooh, yeah, that's a that's a good. That's like all the Disney stuff is all based yeah. on books, but like they're all really really messed up. Yeah, stories. like Pocahontas, right? The, no, she didn't get raped. 
you know she got raped. Yeah, no, they were all very nice and polite. Yeah, John, um, John, <laughs> John Smith. Uh, the remains of the day. I want to say this was a movie with uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Okay, well, it was British guy. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no, <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis is not British. <laughs> As I was, I think, as I was. I think distinguished is the word. Very much Brad. so. Very much Anthony Hopkins-ish. Sense and sensibility. Yeah, those are those classics like the Great Expectations, War, and you know, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Doctor Zhivago. That's an old timey movie, though, huh? Uh, yeah, nineteen sixty-five. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine why. Okay. Yep, that's one that makes sense. Like, I definitely knew of the movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but, like, uh, I mean, that wouldn't make sense. It's a book. The cover of the book's pretty wild, too. I'll have to show you the picture. I mean, Harry Potter. That's obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry po- and And I think with Harry Potter, you, I always think of, like, um, I always think of, like, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know? I think mm. of, I think of that type of where they, can got it, they got a couple movies out of it. Yeah. So the interesting thing, though, like, the contrast there is that Harry Potter, of course, was rising to its fame during the midst of its like movie stuff. She was still writing as they were going. Yeah, uh, yeah you're yep. right. Which, uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there's a bit of a gap there. Good call, though. The Devil Wears Prada. I feel like I knew that. I watched I the movie. I did not know that. I watched the movie. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I did, I did not know that. No Country for Old Men. Yes, McCormick, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he he is phenomenal writer, man. Phenomenal. He has another. Nope, he, I got that wrong. I'm sorry. It's it's McCarthy, but his first name is Cormac. Yeah, Mac, I that's confused the two. Huh? Cormac McCarthy. No, that's a name. That's quite a name. <laughs> yeah, I went with McCormac. <laughs> yep. So no, uh, he is a wonderful, wonderful writer who's had some brilliant uh, movies come out of his work. Notably, uh, No Country for Old Men, The Road is an okay movie but a ridiculously good book man holy cow that's such a good book yeah i uh you know so i didn't realize it was a book and i've definitely seen the movie so i wonder if it's like if the character is as chilling because that performance in no country for old men is 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 part of what puts it over the top yeah, that's that's heavier Barton though man that's just, yeah yeah so like you got to wonder if like i mean i'm sure the story's as good, better. I don't know how much they would have changed, but like, man, what a what a sell on the character. Yeah, Goodfellas. Yep, based on Wise Guys, was it? Uh, yeah, Wise yeah. Guy. I remember. Novel. I remember reading that. I did not know that that was a book. Uh, The Bridge Over the River Kwai. Didn't know that. Also old timey. Makes sense. Have, have seen the movie. <laughs> did not know it was a book. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it does make sense. But also, uh, uh, I think the reason I watched it was because of Alec Guinness being okay. one of them. And it's, you know, he's Obi-Wan. So you got to like, obviously, Sir. even though there's, you know, no, he's just he's I mean, he's so young comparatively in it that it's just it's interesting to see the social network. Oh, I did not know that. I, not, but I will like full disclosure. I did not watch that movie. It just it did nothing for me. I didn't watch it either. It's based on accidental billionaires. By Ben Mesrich. Okay. The Exorcist. Did not know that was based on a book. I did. Um, and I, I knew this. Actually, I I think I had like heard it, or maybe it just makes sense, but the 
but like literally just a couple weeks ago on on NPR, I heard a bit. I want to say, and they were talking about how the author, like the first movie was great, right? And then they made a sequel, and it wasn't received as well. And it was just sort of, it was just a screenplay that was written, I think, mm. I want to say. And if I'm remembering correctly, and the author was like not satisfied. So he wrote a third <laughs> that then also is like getting adapted or something like that. And then like, it, anyway, it's funny because like he was dissatisfied with the second that, that didn't really, I think it just didn't involve him. Oh, okay. And so he went and wrote another. <laughs> He's like, I'll show you guys. Yeah, this is how it's done. So that's that. That's part of why I knew is I'd heard this bit on NPR. What else we got here? Uh, L.A. Confidential, a film adaptation of James Elroy's classic noir. Okay, I thought I I feel like I knew that, but I also don't feel like I knew that. But I'm pretty sure if somebody listened to that episode, I totally talk about how it's based on his damn book. I'm an idiot. Probably did. <laughs> My memory works. Interesting. I'll say that. Uh, intermittently is how I talk about mine. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh yeah, yeah, that one I knew. Yeah, I read that one too after watching the movie. Psycho. I think Psycho and Birds are both uh, based on uh, on books. Okay. Uh, yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, Thomas Harris. We just talked about mm-hmm. Hannibal. Crazy Rich Asians. I knew this. Yes, after watching the movie, there's. I think. I think it's one of those where the author wrote like three different books. You know, like that tell the story. Yeah, yeah. So okay, and that's yep. fairly new. All right, nice, nice. Yeah, that's 2018. Uh, I don't know if that's my absolute newest. I think it might be Breakfast at Tiffany's. The original, yeah, with George Papard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, I forget her name. Jesus, terrible. Yeah, now that you said that, Natalie, I can't remember. Natalie, I'm Portman. At it. Natalie Portman, right? Uh, not in the original. Oh, man, I gotta look. Wait, with George Papard? Hang on. I love Hang his on. last name. <laughs> it is It is a fun name to say. <laughs> I thought it was Natalie Portman. No, no, no. It's the the one who ended up marrying the prince and became a princess. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn, yes. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'm looking at a picture of her and I couldn't say her name. because Wow, okay. See, I was going off memory, me. Gabe. You are terrible. No. Intermittent. You like, you're intermittent. Yeah, intermittent. I told you. I warned you. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm like, Audrey Hepburn. I'm like, no, that's not. That's absolutely not. <laughs> American Psycho. I knew that. I remember watching that movie that. in high school. No, no, I'm sorry. I remember my friend, uh, my friend at the time, w- read the book. He gave it to me, and then the movie came out a couple years after. Yeah, it's, right. that that book is insanely graphic. Holy cow! Yeah, Whew. yeah. There is a yeah, mouse was... scene that you just do not want to know about. Yeah, there's. I probably don't want to read that one. No, you don't. I have seen the movie. Someone yeah, no, no, it, it's not going to add anything. It's not going to add anything. Uh, Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Based on, based on a Leonard Elroy? No, Leonard. Uh, close. You you kind of flipped him again. It's Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard. Uh, Elmore Leonard. Yep. Uh, Rum Punch, I believe it's called, right? You got it. Yeah, yeah. Rum that punch. one I knew. That one I knew. Never read it, though. Train Spotting. I feel like. I knew that, but at the same time, no. <laughs> Irving Welsh. That's the, literally the same name. A book of the same name. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, based on a real story on his own auto, like document? Uh, I don't <laughs> document. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so here's the little blurb. Train spotting is a difficult read. 
literally, due to Irving Welsh's use of thickly replicated Scottish accents and slang, which can render the prose initially hard to parse. Uh, its use of stream of conscious point of view is also a challenge. The film manages to translate the spirit, tone, and feel of the book almost perfectly whilst shaping it into a more traditional narrative. Okay, uh, this has the same problem that Clockwork Orange has. Clockwork Orange, the book, very difficult to read because you, the person is speaking, is writing as they, as they spoke, and it's a, it's almost like a slang language. So, okay. it, yeah. It's like a first-person perspective? Yes. Or? Ah. difficult to read book let me tell you great movie though uh, that's it that's the list okay that's a good list that's a good list my list is going to be some of the most adapted authors of our more modern era right so most likely still alive or close to being alive or their work is still being done uh currently right at the like top of the to list alive. you just made me think of like zombie authors <laughs> Gabe, uh, I I want everyone to hear that we just said zombie authors. This is copyrighted, <laughs> trademarked right now. This needs to happen. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> so the first author we're going to talk about, because I believe he has the most adapted works. Now, I am actually just going to go through the list, Gabe, and you tell me if you've seen them or not, because he has okay. so many. Okay, so the author we're talking about is Mr. Stephen King. I already know you haven't seen The Shawshank Redemption, so we're going to leave sure that haven't. one out. <laughs> the Shining. Yes. Carrie. No. Stand By Me. I'm not 100%. I feel like I know the story. It was, it was but four just... young kids who find the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... yeah. If it was, it was a long time ago. Okay. The Green Mile. Yes. It. No. Misery. No. The Dead Zone. No. That one's a great one, by the way, with a really young Christopher Walken. So good. Ooh. Cujo. Does he speak faster when he's younger? No. <laughs> but he looks great, though. Cujo. No. Children of the Corn. No. The Mist. No. The Stand. No. Pet Cemetery. No. Christine. No. Dr. Sleep. No. Dolores Claiborne. No. The Dark Half. Nope. Salem's Lot. Mm-mm. The Dark Tower. No, but that's mostly because it got bad reviews. I was like, ooh, yeah, this it, could it be good. Get, and, it did get bad reviews. And it got slammed, and I was like, aw. Apt Pupil. Nope. Firestarter. Nope. This was um, this was a young Drew Barrymore. Mm. Uh, the Running Man, starring no. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, you know what? I have seen that one. Yes, I, I now figured. That you, now that you, yep, I have. Gonna say this movie, nothing like the like the story, the short story. Yeah. The short story, Arnold. not as exciting as the movie. I'm gonna put that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, thinner. No. Needful things. No. Silver bullet. No. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Okay, fourteen oh eight. No. Secret Window. No. Maximum Overdrive with Emilio Estevez. No, I don't think so. The Lawnmower Man. No. The Mangler. What an exciting title, though. I know. Actually, The Lawnmower was a pretty good movie. <laughs> it, was, it was more exciting than the book of Running Man? A lot of things were more exciting than that, the Running Man book. That's that's That doesn't feel like it's something with the title of The Lawnmower Man should be more exciting than The Running Man. Well, The Lawnmower Man is about, about, a, about a doctor who can... 
who can uh, do brain surgery to make people smarter. And the lawnmower man is the person that he uses it on because he's just like a like a a slow dimwitted kid. Oh. Yeah. That's why it's called the lawnmower man. He eventually okay. like becomes too smart and eventually becomes anyway, I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, the mangler, the night flyer, dream catcher. No. Okay, you gotta catch up on your Stephen King, son. So here's the thing. I don't like horror. Oh, okay. a lot you know of what? them are. Great. Actually, that's a really great comment. Because somebody said that to me, right? Somebody said, what about horror? Like Stephen King. And I was like, you know what? Stephen King doesn't do horror technically. Now, his books are horror. His movies tend to end up being horror action, like suspense. Mm-hmm. His movies end up being a lot more exciting than they are in the book. In the book, they're definitely horror. They're definitely right. that genre. But movies tend to make it more action and make it more lively. And because you don't you can't rely on the description that he can give, right? Yeah. It's the visuals that they can create. Yeah. So the movies are a lot more exciting. I'll say that. But yeah, that's what I'm I'll sure say. There's some in there that I've missed that I that are worth that are worth my seeing. But there's well, also you know some what? That I'm just I'll tell you right now, ass. look, misery you should watch. The dead zone you should watch. Christine is fun. Christine's a lot of fun. Firestarter's fun. Running Man is great. I bet you already saw Running Man. Um, Running Man was good. I remember that. Uh, Maximum Overdrive is a fun 80s film. I'll tell you that. It's a fun name. Yeah, yeah. Carrie's also a great one. You know, you should probably watch Shawshank Redemption. I don't know, Gabe. Just putting it out there. Mm, too much horror. Too much <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is why I do this. Uh, all right. Next author we'll talk about who has had quite a few. Well, okay. Uh-oh. He's hedging. Yeah, because it's 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 Tolkien. Uh, okay. He's had the same ones done quite a few times. Now, if you take the amount of films they have been able to make out of his books, there's a dozen. Impressive. <laughs> So in that sense, and conversely, if you go with how much material is behind what he did, also impressive. Yeah, yeah. So he is an impressive writer, but the the fact of the matter is, you have The Hobbit and you have The Lord of the Rings. In the eighties, they made cartoons out of these, and also terrible live action ones. Yep. Uh, in the late nineties, early two thousands, they turned this into an eight hour. You know, uh, at least no, no, they were about three and a half hours each, right? I want to say the extended cuts, yeah. Yeah, so that's 12 been, hours. That's one of those things, too. Like, I have this ambition that I want to watch them in maybe not the same day. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to, like, cause myself some kind of weird starvation issue or distress in any other way. But, like, I do want to watch those again, but it's so daunting. Because I don't just want to watch the regular. I want to watch the extended. And you're just like, do I have the time as an adult to sit and watch? If, if, if every one of our listeners donates $20, Gabe... <laughs> youtube before the dream um but yeah so he's up here i i again the the fact that the hobbit was three movies that they're turning it into a a television series that the movies were 12 hours that the 1980s versions you know like i get it so i know why he's here but we're gonna move on he was mentioned he was mentioned next we'll talk about michael crichton you know and i think this is one of those where i can read out the read out the, the the movies and you tell me if you've seen them so Okay. Jurassic Park. Yes. The Andromeda Strain. No. Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Was that two. that first of the new ones? No, that was part two of the original. Oh, that's just part two? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen all the original ones. Sphere. No, but what a weirdly ominous title. 
It was an interesting one, but it was good. Um, was it weirdly ominous? No, no. Oh, weird. The Terminal Man. Oh, is that the one where he's stuck? Yes. Yeah, I have seen that. Wow, that was him too, huh? Yep. The Great Train Robbery. I don't think so. Rising Sun. That was Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes, if I remember. No. Disclosure. Duo, though. Disclosure. No. I think that was Demi Moore. Congo? Sounds real familiar, but I can't, I don't think it so. It was about a gorilla who they taught like sign language to and they was getting yeah. smarter. It sounds familiar. I don't know if I've seen it. And then Eaters of the Dead, the uh, 13th Warrior, and yep. Timeline. No. Next one up, Philip K. Dick. He is best known for Blade Runner. Minority Report. I've seen both of those. Total Recall. Seen. I've seen the Schwarzenegger one, not the... Not the not Colin Farrell one. one? Nope. It was okay. The, adjustment, the adjustment Bureau? No. That sounds like it's on brand. <laughs> uh, that was Matt Damon, by the way. That was actually not bad. Uh, this was, was a, an Amazon series, The Man in the High Castle. Ooh, I have not seen it, but I know of it. Okay. A Scanner Darkly. No, I know the title just from the book, but yeah. no. Paycheck. Yes. Uh, Screamers. No. And Next. That was starring uh, Nicolas Cage, if I remember. Where he could see like 30 seconds into the future. Yes, <laughs> I did see that one. I was pretty sure I had it to Nick Cage. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, I have seen that one. Uh, then we have Ian Fleming, which we talked about. I think 15 007 movies. Uh, Mr. Elmore Leonard. Okay, 310 to Yuma. You've seen that. I know you've seen that. I have that. seen that. Both the original and the new one, or just the original? Both. Out of Sight. That one was George Clooney, I want to say. I don't think I have. Uh, Jackie Brown. I have not seen Jackie Brown. How are you one of the a Quentin I Tarantino seen. fan? Yeah, it's just one of the ones I, I haven't seen. Mm. Fire in the Hole, which became the series uh, Justified. Oh, hmm? I have not. I have not seen that. Get Shorty. I, wonderful film. Wonderful film with De Danny DeVito and uh, yeah, and uh, John Travolta. Yeah. Be Cool, part two of Get Shorty. Kill Shot. Definitely haven't seen that. Kill Shot. And uh, that's it. Oh, and then you have Roald uh, Dahl, who was responsible for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And uh, Matilda okay. and James and the Giant Peach and Fantastic Mr. Fox. I just, I think I haven't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's not my favorite of, uh, of Wes Anderson's films. I'll say that. Mm. John Grisham. He's had quite a few books himself. A Time to Kill. Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. I think uh, Sandy Bullock is in it. I don't think I have. The Firm? No. The Client? He's just going down the list now. I mean, just, literally... just wait. Just wait. <laughs> the Client. Okay, we're going to say no. no. The Pelican Brief? Yes. The Rainmaker? No. Wonderful film with Matt Damon, by the way. The Runaway Jury? Ooh. Uh, who's in that one? I want to say that's... um. Uh, Cusack, John Cusack. I, I, I believe I've seen that one. The Chamber. No. Skipping Christmas became Christmas with the Cranks. I believe that was wow, Tim Allen. 
that's an that's an odd departure from his otherwise solid theme. Uh, yes, I've seen Christmas the Craigs. And then you have An Innocent Man, which became a Netflix docuseries. Uh, we're back to it. Dr. Seuss, he's had quite a few, right? He had The string, oh. the, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas, Horton yeah. Hears a Who, The Cat in the Hat, The Lorax. Tom Clancy is one of those guys that is known for a very specific character, right? Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan was in The Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, The Sum of All Fears, uh, and then Jack Ryan, the TV series. So you had um, Harrison Ford play him in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. You had Alec Baldwin playing him in The Hunt for Red October. You had Ben Affleck playing him in The Sum of All Fears. And then you have John Krasinski playing him in Jack Ryan. Then you got Ernest Hemingway, all old movies, so they're not really worth talking about. Yeah, boo, old movies. We don't boo like them. Boo, old movies. Cormac McCarthy, No Country for Old Man, The Road, All the Pretty Horses, and Child of God. Nicholas Sparks. Nicholas Sparks has had quite a few hits, but uh, nothing that I've actually wanted to watch. And, and yeah, no, it, it's nothing against him. It's just that what he does is not what I want, you know? Mm. So, for example, uh, The Notebook. That was how I felt about the Stephen King stuff, to be fair. Like, okay. I'm aware you of him. He's prolific, shut but it your wasn't mouth what I wanted. Right now, Gabe. I will end this podcast <laughs> one year away from finishing season one. I swear to God, I will pull the plug in this motherfucker. How dare you compare Nicholas Sparks to Stephen King? Wow, is that what I did? Or did I just say that, ah, that's my feeling being captured? It feels like you're comparing the sure. two. So, no, the, Nick, uh, Nicholas Sparks, though, he has had some really, really yeah. uh, Success. uh, w- successful movies, right? The Notebook. I feel like everybody and their mothers have seen it. I have not. Much like Titanic, I am holding off. Message in a Bottle. I believe this was uh, Kevin Costner. A Walk to Remember. Keanu Reeves. I think that was his breakout role. Nights in uh, Rodent. Dear John. The Last Song. The Lucky One. Safe Haven. Longest Ride. The Choice. He's had quite a few. And again, successful in his own right. Just not my right. And then if you look at the the you know pre twentieth century, you have your Charles Dickens, your Jane Austen, your H. G. Wells, your Tolsky, your Mark Twain, all I mean, those boring fair, old when guys. Started, when they started making movies, they were just like, "Hey, what's what's the story you like?" And everyone was like, "Well, there's this book I read. It had to be right." That's exactly how the conversation went. Hey, you got any ideas? No, but there's this book I read. That's kind of what that sounds like. It had to be. Um, I think. I think that um, that that's pretty much all the time we have for how ill-prepared we were for this episode, but how excited we were to talk about books. I mean, everybody, who's talking about books nowadays? And now, Gabe, to end the podcast... Not even Amazon, right? They don't even talk about books anymore. They don't talk about books anymore. I I bought Eaters of the Dead, not from Amazon, because they didn't have it. Oh. Oh. Europe, though. It's Europe. So uh, uh, it's not America <laughs> where you can get anything in any size in any way you want. This broad range of options brought to you by my emotions. We got some feedback about something old, something new. Oh, apparently people like it. Based on the That's amount good. of people, I like it. Based on the amount of people who listen to our podcast and the people who commented, seventy-five percent of the people liked it. <laughs> oh, that's a very scientific poll you've got. <laughs> Thank you. Given how prolific we are. I mean, I'm we just saying we are at reach. We Fair are to at, say we have global reach. We are at. We are actually. We have Japan. There's somebody in Germany who listens to us. <laughs> uh oh. There's Ireland. There's the U.S. Um, uh, there's some Finnish listeners. There is 
And then there's like a less than 0% people in countries. I'm not going to name them, but I think there's a South African who listens to us. Anyway, right. thank you to all of you. Absolutely. So, with, in keeping with uh, something old, something new, I have found quite a bit of podcast this week that I am very excited to have been listening to. One big one, Quentin Tarantino started his own podcast. Him and a friend of his who used to work at a video store together are watching old films and talking about them. They're doing they're doing double features where they'll watch two movies and talk about the films. That's it's cool. like an hour and 45 minutes and it's fucking amazing because you have a person who loves films, who makes films, talking about films. That was an incredible find. It's only like one episode in, so if you catch it now, you are early 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 into this uh into this new podcast yeah that's exciting the other one that i dug that i've been listening to is uh scripts apart and it is a podcast where they talk to screenplay writers script writers and they break down some of their the scripts that they've done like i was listening to shane black talk about kiss kiss bang bang the same guy who wrote like uh, you know lethal weapon and stuff like that it's fantastic to get that insight of what they were going through what they thought when they were writing these uh, these scripts. Fantastic. Um, and then I think the, the third one I'll mention, just because it he's got really interesting people that he talks to, it's Kevin Hart, one of the 10 different jobs that he has, because the man, I don't think, sleeps. Because he has like, he has like three interview shows, dude. He has yeah. like the heart to heart. He has the coldest balls. I know he has another one, but the podcast is called... Um, is called Gold Mines, where he talks to other individuals who are creators, but also like push the brand and like push themselves to to yeah. to be known. Uh, and he has wonderful conversations with different people. the The Enrique Iglesias one, the fluffy one, is exceptional listening. When you talk about somebody who created his brand based on what was available and what he could do, and that side hustle besides the performing. Uh, fantastic. I, I highly, highly recommend these three podcasts for this week. What, uh, what do you got, Gabe? What's what's something old, something new for you? Uh, I think it's Gabriel Iglesias. You're absolutely right. He is not related to Enrique Iglesias. Enrique Iglesias is the handsome heartthrob who sings in English and Spanish. Son there of Julio is. Iglesias. The icon Julio Iglesias. I think the only ad I have is uh, on topic because podcast, and it's just that what you mentioned previously. This the moment you mentioned that parts unknown mm -hmm. was made into it. I started listening to it on my walks. Did you? That I take every day. Yeah, and it it's it is like I mean, obviously there's some visual things that you're not, but it it works so well. It does, I'm, I'm right? Honestly, surprised because you watch it and you're just like, oh yep, yep, and I'm just like, I you know he does such an amazing job of, of describing what's going on and his prose as he talks about food. Like clearly the man had passion for this topic. And, you know, if you've watched anything with him, you knew it. And it really kind of like brings it through even without the visual at all, which I don't know, like watching it, I wouldn't have just known that. And it, it works. And it's such a, an easy listen. It is. So when I first found it, I was like, how oh, this is going to work. And then I listened to the episode of Antarctica and and then I was like, and then I was reminded based on the um, documentary, he wrote a bunch of those, the, the narration. He wrote everything himself. And then he, it makes you know, sense. so 
you know, like the, him describing everything. And I, so when I listened to the podcast, I was like, I'm I'm just missing watching the snow. But for the most part, he is doing a, a, a wonderful job describing everything. And the funny thing is he said that because I found that podcast, right, in the last two weeks. Because I'm I, and I'm currently reading uh, and I'm holding it for Gabe here. Kitchen Confidential, which is uh, Bourdain's book, where mm-hmm. he does there's something very similar. There is one chapter in this book that I, I'm going to highlight because it is it is so, so well done and descriptive and reminds me so much of what I love about his podcast, of uh, his TV shows. But if you ever pick up, uh, get a chance to pick up uh, uh, Kitchen Confidential, when you get to A Day in the Life and he describes his day as a chef, it is so hectic. It is so thorough and descriptive that you feel like you're in that day with him that has been so far my favorite chapter that i've read everything else has been good everything else has been good but you get to this chapter and the pace changes so much and it's so well done oh my god you know i i was always such a fan of his work i love all the shows that he did sad that he's gone obviously but the documentary if you get a chance to watch it roadrunner i believe it's called hmm just awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, he gives so much credit to the staff that works with him. And it's 75% Latinos, Ecuadorians, Salvadoreños, you know, like Mexicans. You know, like he learned Spanish because he had to communicate with them, basically. Exactly, yep. <laughs> because they were the backbone of every kitchen. I don't care who you are or what you say. That is the truth. Um, but yeah, so, you know, something old, something new there. Yeah, making listening listening to the parts of known has, has made me sit there and go like I got to redo his book again on Audible because it's narrated by him and that's what it reminded me and I was like yeah, wow it was so good. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna do that after I read the book because I, I feel like he's gonna add so much more. So the version that I have is him also putting in um, uh, notes. So it's almost like he read the book. And then he wrote on the book, like, oh, this is bullshit, or this is still relevant. I fucking hate this cocksucker. <laughs> so, That's it, funny. so in the book itself, it has all his handwritten notes that he seems to have taken after reading the book years later. So That is very funny. It's very cool. It's very cool. It actually, uh, and I'll show Gabe, but the rest of you can just pick up the book. It starts with a handwritten recipe for... Uh, wow. Um, all right. Yeah, I think it's lechon, actually. I think it's lechon. But yeah, but if you read the book, like throughout the book, he just has these <laughs> notes that he put in. There you go. That's great. <laughs> it's so good, man. I, I am thoroughly enjoying this book. What a human. What a loss. Um, but yeah, speaking of, uh, and, you know, we'll end it with this. So yeah, I, 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 I am on a kick this year where I'm trying to read a book or two a month. Uh, and so far, I've been very successful. At it. I'm very happy with myself. So this is the book that I started in July, but I'm, it looks like I'm going to finish in August. And then the book I have right after that, which will be read in August, is Akira Kurosawa's Something Like an Autobiography. That's literally what it's called. Oh. Something Like an All right. Autobiography. All right. <laughs> so it's what influenced them to become who we, who we ended up being. So very excited. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, whenever I can't get the, that second um, book because I'm running out of time, I'll read a poem book because it counts. <laughs> You're making the rules, so I, you know, I believe it so. Absolutely counts. I believe so. <laughs> awesome! Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. Remember to find us at, at Pop Culture Hangfire on your Instagrams. 
And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. And no OnlyFans yet. And no OnlyFans yet. <laughs>